Only friendliness produces friendship, and we must look far deeper into the soul of man for the thing that produces friendliness. G.K. Chesterton. We are doing a four-part series on friendships. So thank you for joining us. This is part two where we're going to jump into the characteristics of a good friend. And the first characteristic we want to talk about is being vulnerable. I'm Taylor. And I'm Brian. And this is the Echo Podcast. Where we are looking for truth in the noise. Welcome back to the Echo Podcast and our friendship series. We're excited some kids are going to be joining and listening with their parents, but this one is for everybody of all ages, right? Absolutely. It's kind of like, what do we, what do kids need to know about the gospel and everything that adults need to know? So what do you need to know about friendship? Everything adults need to know. So hopefully everybody gets something out of this. That's right. One of my favorite things to do is to go down to Barnes and Noble and read for a little bit. But one of the reasons I like to go there is oftentimes there's two uh, older gentlemen, probably in their 80s, mm-hmm. who come there and play chess together all yep. the time. And yep. they just talk and visit. And and sometimes you see like younger people kind of gathered around watching the game. Yeah. But are you, Wait, are you talking so, about 41st Studio, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? right up yes, here. I've yes. gone up there a couple of times. They yeah. don't do that. At 71st Memorial, mm-hmm. because that's like the cool place to go. I love I love Barnes Noble at 41st. It's, it's like a community. It feels like a community bookstore there. That's it why I really love it. Really does. That's why I love it. Okay. Wow, that was that was a rabbit trail. I know. Our next series will be on <laughs> why we love Barnes and Noble and bad things that have happened in Barnes and Noble. I have got stories on both. Really? Oh. Okay. Hold. Yeah. I'm just gonna gonna put a pin in that because <laughs> after the after we record this episode, I gotta know what's what's up. Maybe at the end of the episode, I'll share that story. That'd be good. Something bad happened at Barnes and Noble. Stay with us. Yeah. This is why we never get anything done because we start to do one thing and it just goes. You okay. know, but it's good. But it's good to have a friend who lets you do that. Yeah. 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 So vulnerable. That's. That's kind of a scary word. Like, I, it, it's kind of a big word in a lot of ministries where I hear people say, "Hey, I want a church, or I want Christians that are vulnerable." And 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 in reality, I think it's just no. I just want somebody to be honest and open with me. But what 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 does this mean? What does vulnerability even look like in a friendship? Right. The opposite of being vulnerable is having this hard, tough guy shell that will never be honest or share anything because you don't want to get hurt. It sounds like my grandfather's generation of John Wayne. Mm. No emotion. Mm-hmm. I got this. I'm this rugged individual, you know, yeah. post-World War II kind of mentality of I'm going to pull myself up by my bootstraps. And that, that doesn't sound healthy. Have you ever forgotten to put Play-Doh back into the container? Oh, daily. <laughs> Wow, you go through a lot of Play-Doh at your house. You have yeah. no idea. Thank God for the Dollar General store. Yeah. So if you've done that, you know, the next day you get to it, it's like, ah, oh, it doesn't work anymore. It doesn't squeeze together and yeah, it's go all together and, and mush. Like that's a little bit like what happens to friendships without them being vulnerable. The idea of being vulnerable is that we're open and honest and transparent. We can say like, yeah, I'm having a bad day right now. Yeah. Or here's something I struggle with. When we say those things, that helps 
friendships latch onto us and help us grow and shape us and mold us instead of just being all tough and kind of walled off from everybody. Yeah. So lots of us value being tough and independent, Mm -hmm. but we want to make sure we have this idea. I want to control everything around me so nothing bad happens to me. But if you want to be a great friend, and that was episode one, right? Don't focus on how your friends are always treating you, but focus on you being a good friend first. That's your first area of focus. And, and that's why if you want to be a great friend, you have to become vulnerable. So we've been talking about uh, David and Jonathan, and you want to read uh, today's text for us, a story from the Bible? Yeah, First Samuel chapter 19. I'll be reading from the NRSV um, because I like it. You have your own translation. You can check it out. Most of it says the exact same thing. I like the B and N version, the Barnes & Noble version. It's my favorite. <laughs> I have a Barnes & Noble story for you too later. Anyway, yes. so, uh, so 1 Samuel chapter 19, um, Saul spoke with his son Jonathan and with all his servants about killing David. But Saul's son Jonathan took great delight in David. Jonathan told David, my father Saul is trying to kill you. Therefore, be on guard tomorrow morning. Stay in a secret place and hide yourself. I will go out and stand beside my father in the field where you are, and I will speak to my father about you. If I learn anything, I will tell you. Jonathan spoke well of David to his father Saul, saying to him, The king should not sin against his servant David, because he has not sinned against you, and because his deeds have been of good service to you. For he took his life in his hand when he attacked the Philistine, and the Lord brought about a great victory for all Israel. You saw it and rejoiced. Why then will you sin against an innocent person by killing David without cause? Saul heeded the voice of Mm. Jonathan. And Saul swore, as the Lord lives, he shall not be put to death. So Jonathan called David and related all these things to him. Jonathan then brought David to Saul, and he was in his presence as before. Wow. I can't imagine. It's just hard for us to fathom the life of a king with this kind of power who can just have a conversation with others about Wanting to kill somebody. Hey, I don't like this guy. He's getting on my nerves. It's, it almost sounds like a mafia film, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah, Tony, I can't trust him no more. He's been bothering me. But this is this is heavy stuff. Yeah. And we think in our day of how a father-son relationship might be, but it was different when your dad is the king. The king. You don't just question him. Yeah. And so when Saul is saying, I want to kill David. He's a threat to me. I don't like this guy. He's more yeah. popular than me. Let's kill David, it took a lot for Jonathan, Saul's son, to stand up in that moment and say, right. like, wait a second here. Here's why I think we should treat David well. And he yeah. lists the good things. He went out on a limb. What could have happened to Jonathan in that moment? His father could have gotten really oddly political and said, oh, so you're against me because you're for my political enemy, the person mm-hmm. who's going to overtake my throne. Could have made it a really weird, strange, to strange relationship. Uh, this is actually one of the reasons why Saul is one of my favorite characters in Scripture. He is frighteningly realistic. Mm. But in this moment, Saul has one of his few great moments of clarity. Yeah. yeah. It's... It, it, There's something to be said about the friendship of Jonathan for David and how he changes his dad's mind. That's that's pretty impressive. He really risked his life a little bit in the way like Esther risked hers. Yeah. You saying the right thing at the right time, even if it might lead to your death or demise. If Jonathan says nothing here, 
David gets killed and Jonathan would get more power. Yeah. And usually when people in this world are offered power, yep. they take it no matter yep. what. Stepping on people, cheating, swindling, maybe even killing. I, I yep. mean, ugh. we see this time and time and time and time and time again, especially in politics. But Jonathan's different. Yeah. So what does it look like for a fifth grade kid to be vulnerable in their friendship? What do you think that looks like, Taylor? You know, I think that saying, hey, I'm having a hard time in this area. Do you have any advice? Um, can, you, can you pray with me? Mm-hmm. I, I, that, that may seem terrifying to some people. Mm-hmm. I know that as an adult, if somebody says, hey, how are you? That's a that's a really scary invitation to have a good conversation about how you really are. Mm-hmm. And so for the fifth grader or for the middle school or elementary school student, it's really just kind of not demanding too much of your friends, not expecting perfection, but just saying, hey, I got your back mm-hmm. and we're going to have each other's back. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any people in your life who sometimes will say, how are you doing? And then they will follow that up with, how are you really doing? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. These, yeah. these, these are good friends. The irony is that they're predominantly older. Uh, not mm-hmm. a lot of people my age. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents said I was born an old soul. So I've always gotten along with older people mm-hmm. than I have mm-hmm. uh, my, my own generation. But those are wonderful moments where they'd be like, hey, how are you? I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm all right, blah, blah, blah. And they go, oh, that's good. So how are you really? And you have this wonderful opportunity to be vulnerable. Because being vulnerable is being honest. And it's inviting people to see how messy your life is, how cluttered it may feel. Mm-hmm. And it's a wonderful opportunity not for them to fix it. But to have a shoulder or to have an ear or just the, hey, well, you're not alone. I got you. I'll be praying for you. That that, that, that does wonders for yeah. people. When somebody asks me that, I can feel the, the gears to the bicycle that seem to be going 100 miles per hour all of a sudden just like, like yeah. slow down. Yep. And for me to be able to really think, how am I? Yeah. It's, so people in that sense are inviting vulnerability. And that's important in a friendship, too, is to welcome people to be really honest with you and to give them the time of if you want to talk for 10 minutes about how crummy things are right now, go for it. Or yeah. if you want to share something that's really deep that you think some people may not want to hear, it's OK. You can share that now so we can invite vulnerability in friendships. It's not to say that we won't be wise about whom we are vulnerable with. I think yeah, sometimes some people you should not answer that question right. to truthfully. Because of their character, yeah. because of past interactions where you realize, oh, this is not the person right. who I should open up to. But that doesn't mean you're not being friendly. Right. That just means I know not to confide in this person, but I do know that there are other people that I can confide in. Yep. Yes. I, I think that's encouraging. So how, how did jo- David and Jonathan demonstrate being vulnerable in their friendship? Yeah, I think we see Jonathan here being vulnerable putting his self at risk with Saul. But then as we'll look on in later episodes, you know, David is very vulnerable in saying like, I'm in trouble here, Jonathan, like I need your help here. And I think that's one of the things that we can learn to say to our, our best of friends. I need your help here because that's the opposite of the tough guy thing. It's the vulnerable, honest statement of I'm a human being. I need a little help here. I'm in a little trouble here. Can you help me? 
Rather than echoing anything back, we decided to end this episode with three questions for reflection. First, are you a vulnerable friend? Second, are you willing to tell your friends when you need help or prayer? And lastly, do you lack close friends because you won't allow people to get close to you? The great news is that God has become vulnerable. I mean, that Jesus coming to earth was the ultimate act of vulnerability. Yeah. And he wants to be to be your friend. So we pray that you'll lean into this. And kids, adults, all of you, uh, this one's for us. So, should we tell some Barnes & Noble funny stories? Heck yeah! <laughs> okay, so I love Barnes like we, we already just gushed about how much we love it. Love Barnes & Noble. The 41st in Yale in Tulsa is like how Barnes & Noble should be run. It feels like a family bookstore. People are there interacting with each other. Even even during all the, the, the COVID pandemic issues, still a really cool place to go and, and hang out. People are very friendly, and I really liked escaping there, if you will. Yeah, unfortunately, I've had two experiences there where people were having some tummy issues. The first oh, was when I walked into... Have use... you noticed that a lot of our funny stories involve <laughs> well, waste? It's because it, it, those things ass- assault all of your senses so you don't forget them. True, it, it just comes out of us so when shocking. we least expect it. Yes, and so I walked into the men's restroom to the worst odor you can imagine and then one of the worst sights that you can imagine where a kid you know probably like a a young grade school kid probably Mm -hmm. had clearly pooped their pants oh gosh and then (laughs) just abandoned all of the clothes (laughs) there on the floor (laughs) (laughs) this poor kid oh my gosh but I was like, wait, wait. So there's a kid running through Barnes and Noble <laughs> naked? Well, maybe he bought a big magazine first and covered himself. I don't know. I wasn't there. I did not see a child, you know, running out. But that'd his, be a really weird question to pants, ask. Like, hey, have you seen a naked child? His pants and undergarments were there on the floor. Oh gosh. It was bad. The the second story, which may be worse than the first. How how uh, how how is it worse? There's uh, okay. I'll, go I'll, ahead. I'll go tell ahead. you go how. Ahead. Go ahead. I was uh, there working, and I'd gotten to know the manager just a little bit because they had me come do a book signing when my book came out and mm-hmm. were really nice to me and got to know several of the people there. So I had talked to one of them, just checked to see how they were doing. I was getting ready to leave, but before I did, I noticed a, a gentleman walking through the store and brown liquid was spilling out of the bottom of his pants as he walked. <laughs> oh, you can, listeners, you can't see my face, but it is just twisted so, and writhing. And oh my so gosh. So I had to walk back to the manager and say, Hey, I am really sorry that I'm about to ruin your day. But there's a gentleman having a medical digestive issue. In your store and on your carpet. <laughs> and oh and I thought she was going to just like freak out and be like, oh, I can't believe it. Instead, she was she just rolled her eyes and sighed and said, oh, 
the things I see here. <laughs> I was hoping she was going to say, again, like it's a repeated uh, Well, kind of that was almost her thing. So if you think you've got a tough job today, it's probably better than hers was that day. So, yep. okay, what's your story? Um, so Barnes & Noble, taking my kids. This is early on in our parenting world and mm-hmm. learning everything. I go to Barnes & Noble to kind of get away from everything. If yeah. I'm having a really tough day, yeah. being surrounded by books, coffee, people. There's something relaxing about it. Um, can't remember why, but I had, um, I think, I believe I had my, my middle child with me just in the, just in the little baby mm-hmm. carrier, hanging out, just getting out and having a good time. Um, we're in the kids section looking around and I'm thinking, Hey, what are some baby books or what can I do? And, I, and, I, and I'm holding up different books for her. She has no idea what I'm doing, but I talk to her like a normal person. Hey, have you read this? Or Hey, Harold and the purple crayon. One of my favorite, she vomited on me and went down my shirt and just got stuck in between everything. So I'm just, uh... it was delightful. And it wasn't, and it was, it was the thick, chunky kind. it was it wasn't it wasn't like you Ooh. just had milk and it came back up and it was no. fine this was had been sitting and gurgling and festering it was con- it was a concoction it was like chowder <laughs> my wife is gonna lose it when she hears you say that <laughs> she is not gonna be happy not not gonna be happy oh wow <laughs> So, I, I haven't thought about that in forever. I feel like we're not doing Barnes & Noble any favor. I, I, I will. I will. Thank you to the workers of Barnes & Noble who actually helped me clean up the issue. And they, they, they were fantastic. I, I really like Barnes & Noble employees and workers. In spite of the filth that sometimes has existed there. But they've cleaned it up, apparently. They have. They have. Like, so. to, to be, they're very friendly. Yes. They may dislike us. But I did feel bad enough to buy like five kids books. Hey, hey, there you go. I, there you go. Perfect. I'm not sure where to end now because that went a direction. <laughs> here's here's how to end. Okay. So join us for the next episode. Uh, we're, where we'll be talking about the next principle, yeah. our characteristic of a good friend. And that is true friends are thoughtful. 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 See you next time. <laughs>